Well, welcome to the 1000 Hours Outside podcast. My name is Ginny Urich. I'm the founder of 1000 Hours Outside. And back today, so pleased to tell you is Stephen Ranella. Thank you for being here. Hey, thank you for doing this again. I appreciate it. Yeah. So last time we talked about your book, Outdoor Kids in an Inside World. And we have taken so many of those concepts into our life. I think a lot of times you read a book, you know, it's really cool in the moment and you move on and you forget. But just literally the other day, one of my oldest kids said, I'm going to wear it dry. <laughs> you know, she was all wet. I was like, you want to change? She's like, no, I'll just wear it dry. I'm like, that has really stuck. And one of the things also that's really stuck is your concept about hanging out with cool people when you get older. You know, they talk about kids doing hard things and they say, well, why do I have to do hard things? So it's really changed my perspective, even on just some smaller things. We just got caught in a rain squall the other day and everyone was all upset about it. And I was like, well, you're going to have this story to talk about when you're older. So, so much of that book has stuck with our family. People are constantly talking about it. So really appreciated that conversation. Love that book. And you have a new one that's out. Catch a crayfish. I mean, these are phenomenally beautiful. Oh, thank you. The unsung heroes of the cover art. I mean, this is a gorgeous book. Well, he's, if you go to the title page, he's sung. He is sung. <laughs> okay. Is it someone you know or someone that they knew or? No, it's funny. Is he not? Let's see. Is he sung on the cover? Oh, no, you're right. He's not sung on the cover. That's horrible. <laughs> he's sung on the title page. No, we found him. We, um, Max Tomescu, and we were working with an illustrator and he took a full-time job hmm. right when we got started. How dare he? Well, I know. And I was like, come <laughs> on now. So he said, man, you know, we just kind of got it where he was into it. We we're going to do it. And he took a full-time job instead of freelancing. So that was just horrible, mm -hmm. you know? And, and then we'd reached out to sort of like an illustrators. I can't remember, like an association of illustrators or something, you know? And as we were jumping around trying to find who would do this, and it was one of the people we had reached out to in search of leads, wound up being just a great collaborator. Is that who did the illustrations throughout the book? Yeah, yeah, the same person. Did they're the so good. Oh no, they're good. And uh, and I'll tell you, yeah, the amount of corrections that he tolerated without <laughs> ever once losing his mind, being like, what's the difference, dude? No, it just, it just matters. <laughs> well, it's phenomenal. I mean, it is an absolute beautiful book. So Catch a Crayfish, Count the Stars, Fun Projects, Skills, and Adventures for Outdoor Kids. A really cool follow-up to the last one because this one is written mm -hmm. to the kid. Yeah, and, and, and we actually... I keep using we, I work with, uh, I have a writing partner. I work with Brody Henderson and, and, and uh, we have a little at, at, at our company meat eater. We have a little, we have a publishing team. So we work on multiple projects simultaneously. And as I was in, and I, as I was writing outdoor kids in an inside world, we kept talking about, we kept talking about making this sort of appendix, you know, they would go into it with a lot of this hmm. sort of information and that conversation gradually evolved into the, just producing a book with all of these projects and lessons that even people who didn't have, didn't hold the knowledge, right. But had a desire hmm. to induce these very practical skills and, and things that, that illustrate bigger picture issues about, nature and the you know in some cases the cosmos right uh, that they would have a, a a guide to do it so in writing a, a book that was aimed squarely at parents it became evident that we should do one that that's meant for kids mm -hmm. and we viewed it as a sort of companion text though you wouldn't know that really from from handling them you might not put that together right mm -hmm. they're, 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 they stand quite independently you know 
Right, they do. But a cool thing to, to have is a duo in your home, that's for mm -hmm. sure. And the kids got to feel good about that. You pick up a book that says you're probably the kind of kid who dreams of having a lot of adventures in the outdoors. And so was I. That's a really enticing way to start a book. And what a gift for these kids who are picking it up and getting to read through. And like you said, I mean, some of this stuff is no longer generational, where maybe before you were learning how to catch a crayfish from the neighborhood kid in the creek down the street, and that's not happening anymore. So you're laying out all of these different things. One of the topics that you talk about is that kids are sometimes getting harassed when they're outside that the grown-ups are saying why are you doing that you shouldn't do that oh yeah <laughs> have you seen it with your own kids oh you know what I, i'd like to say all the time but it's really not all the time but routinely i can think of instances where i can think of multiple instances where well-meaning busybodies <laughs> have <laughs> interrupted like something my kids were doing because they held they held a rule in their head that wasn't elastic or adaptive enough to understand the situation you know so you know if you go to a beach we live in seattle for some time and there's a large lake right in town lake washington and there are some absolutely habituated mallard ducks that live there and these mallard ducks will chase you down <laughs> to get food okay so you know like my kids kind of engaging with or dealing with these ducks and someone would be like, don't disturb the wildlife, which, and if it was a wild mallard, like a wild mallard chick, you know, there's no way I would tell my kids like, Hey, go grab that wild mallard chick and, and, and mm -hmm. scare the daylights out of its mother. Not that they grabbed the chick anyways, but circum like the circumstances are different. These are like absolutely habituated town mallards. Yeah. And so knowing that, you, you know, if they're going to get up and whatever, give them some bread. I mean, these things eat bread all day long. And then someone comes and gets mad and they get hostile. And do you really feel like debating it out? Right. Or uh, another time I talk about is very similar situation fishing down in Florida. There's these herons that they just, they see fishermen. They know the fishermen have mm -hmm. bait and they come up, they want to get the bait. And I remember my kids giving through a shrimp to a heron and he got just hollered at by again probably a well-meaning person <laughs> and he wants to explain like listen like how much time do you want to spend on this because the reason that heron is standing here is because it knows <laughs> that's what it's waiting for <laughs> it's like waiting for you to catch a fish because it's going to grab it right so it's like there are great guideline rules but um you know, you have to sort of read situations and then another thing too is we we hunt a lot you know and, and we fish a lot. And, and mm -hmm. my, my, a friend of mine who is an outdoor writer in Wisconsin made the comment about he's older than I am. I believe he is in his late sixties, early seventies. He once made the comment about Wisconsin. He said, if, if you're, <laughs> if you're not a deer hunter, you share a bed with one. Right. <laughs> and, and like, I grew up in a very similar situation where not everyone, but every, like, I, I mean, honestly, every household, mm. every household, had a a family member who in some capacity engaged in hunting and fishing i mean mm -hmm. it was not everyone but every household every family and, and that was in a rural area in michigan that's not the case here so even we live in montana and my kids will routinely deal with people who um classmates and otherwise who will kind of come after them mm. and try to take them to task about the fact that that we'll hunt for food and fish for food and that it's mean and it can happen in a fair spirit of debate, which I welcome. And I don't try to arm. I don't believe in arming my kids with 
I don't say to them, the next time someone brings that up, you say this, this, and this. We just engage in the discussion and engage with the, in the discussion to the point where I believe they're well-armed and in, in sort in articulating and understanding what it is that we do. Mm-hmm. But I don't try to feed them lines, right? Um, but yeah, it's a it's it's a thing. We dealt with it as well. I talk about this in outdoor kids in an inside world. Um, we have guns in our home. And mm-hmm. In places where we've lived, that became a, uh, for some people, that was a, a, a line they were not going to cross. And no, mm-hmm. and even the fact that we keep everything locked up, we use trigger locks, practice great gun safety. Some people aren't, aren't going to be comfortable with that. And so, you know, um, my wife would preempt, my wife would say to new friends, just so you know, we have guns in our home. They're locked up in a gun safe and we use trigger locks. Mm-hmm. And I would get a little annoyed with her throwing this out there, but she's like, listen, it's on their mind. Hmm. Like, yeah, if they don't want to come over. They don't want to come over. I'm not, I'm not going to change anything, but I'm just telling them yes. And here's the, what, you know? So it is, there, there's a, you know, you, you need to be aware of the fact that you're living in a, you know, we live in, most of us live in mixed communities with different perspectives. And some of the things we talk about in here, like marksmanship, hunting, fishing, are not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's a good way to start the book then because you're laying out to the child, like, look, there's going to be people that don't approve of different things that you do and you have to know how to navigate that. Mm-hmm. I even like what you said. You said, you literally said, some advice from grownups is dumb. that's a great thing for a kid to read well you were talking about that in terms of someone said to you not to be a writer (laughs) which i love that you put that in your ninth book yeah yeah (laughs) that was the point yeah that was i was talking about kinds of that because there's some things in the book that require supervision um and you know and and like being safe and, and learning how to take a an informed calculated risk i wanted to talk a little bit about up front i wanted to talk about advice and, and and i just wanted to be fair that all advice isn't great and i pointed out that i had <laughs> been told that you're not gonna you can't be a writer you know what are you mm-hmm. talking about then <laughs> and, and here i am then i talked about the kinds of advice that i think are helpful and i feel that in giving advice to kids i felt like it was only fair to point out that they need to be in some ways suspicious of advice and I tried to sell my advice on why it might warrant paying attention to. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. It's great to read that line in your ninth book. It's fantastic. Shouldn't become a writer. It's not realistic. Here you are with all these books. It's fantastic. And that even that a lot of adults are encouraging kids to be indoors because of safety. Mm-hmm. And then you talk about, I love your responses that, okay, well, so here's, well, you, you guys do a lot of trivia, right? So here's trivia. It's from your book. What's safer? Cheerleading or camping? <laughs> camping's a lot. Camping's a lot safer. <laughs> I love that you put that in there, though, because everyone is it's all up in arms about things not being safe. But you say even hunting with a firearm is actually a very safe activity. That billiards is the only thing that's safer. I don't even know what billiards is. Yeah, it's like they look at rate of injuries per thousand hours or something like that. And it wound up mm-hmm. being that when you look at all the stuff, it wound up being that, like, yeah, playing pool, shooting pool. Mm-hmm. Shooting pool has. Is that what billiards is? That's the only thing that actually seems kind of dangerous. Yeah, shooting pool has a rate of it. I, I don't know what people are doing. I'm guessing that you're hitting the ball and it's banging you. you know, it's <laughs> it the ball and it hits you. 
you know, I think I like to point out with with so my wife, my wife didn't have quite the same background that I had, and we've had a lot of discussions over the years about what's appropriate and what's safe things for the kids. Um, mm -hmm. I remember one time I I'm not recommending this necessarily. One time, you know, when your pumpkins like you carve pumpkins, and they eventually start to rot down. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to break our pumpkins up, like for the compost bin and I'd given the kids uh and, and they had a machete and I was showing them with a machete how to like chop the pumpkin up and and my wife kind of came in without any context and there's my daughter <laughs> getting a pumpkin with a machete and kind of it turned into it, she was mad but it turned into a family joke but there's these jokes about things that I'll do that seem not safe but then when and my wife doesn't contest this all of our emergency room visits. You want to, you want me to tell you what we've done emergency room visits for? Mm -hmm. Yep. The swing set that my wife bought for my kids. <laughs> the scooter that my wife bought for our kids. A head injury from Legos, which I don't know where they got the Legos. I could go on, but you get the point. Everyone wants to start their year off on the right foot. And for me, that means making sure I'm eating well and have enough energy to do everything I want to do but I'm not going to run to the butcher every day to get a fresh cut of quality meat. That's why Good Chop is such a lifesaver for our family. Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high-quality meat and seafood delivered to your door on your schedule. Their products are vacuum-sealed and frozen at peak freshness, so you can stock your freezer and cook when you want. We had a somewhat last-minute get-together recently, and it was so incredibly convenient to just head to the freezer and pull out a couple bags of Good Chop's hamburger patties to whip up some burgers quickly. They were so delicious. Besides being delicious, it's important to know it won't cost you a fortune either. Good Chop's price per meal starts at just $3.74. Go to goodchop.com outside120 and use code outside120 to get $120 off across your first four boxes. That's code outside120 at goodchop.com slash outside120 for $120 off. Goodchop.com slash outside120 code outside120. I have been looking for simple ways to form healthy habits and get the nutrients my body needs when my immune system feels unsupported. And that's why I decided to give AG1 a try. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics and more, but it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day, and it makes me feel nourished and ready to face the day. As a parent, longevity is on my mind more than ever before. I want to make sure I'm taking really good care of myself so I can continue to show up for the moments that matter with my kids every day. AG1 helps me build long-term health with daily nutrients that support brain, gut, and immune health. All it takes is one scoop a day, and I'm setting myself up for the long run. AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash 1000. That's drinkag1.com slash 1000. Check it out. Mm -hmm. We haven't been, 
Yeah, it's not from the fishing pole. Not that it wouldn't happen, but we have not been yeah. in the emergency room over the things that are discussed mm -hmm. in this book. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's good to know. You say camping-related activities aren't nearly as dangerous as football and cheerleading, and that golf has a higher rate of injury than hunting. Golf. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's good to know the things because I do think a lot of kids are discouraged from being free in the outdoors and not free in a way that lacks wisdom. You talk about situational awareness, but just that freedom to be a kid and to make some of your own decisions and they're very discouraged. So it's a great start to a book. So, you know, a kid's going to pick this up seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 is really good advice written right to them. Even about life. Like you talk about your dad saying, find work that you love. A great thing to put in a book for kids. Yeah. My, you know, my dad, he enlisted, my dad's old when he had me. He, he never finished high school. Um, he enlisted wow. in the army to fight in the war and, and he later he got a GED, but he was, he sold insurance locally to local people, you know, like the community and was very happy in his work. And, mm -hmm. you know, was a real firm believer in the, in the American dream, right. As he understood mm -hmm. it. And that was the thing the the only pressure, the only career pressure we got was he would say, you're going to spend a third of your life working, do something that do something you love. Wow. And I think that you bring up another thing about me making that comment about being able to hang out with cool people. I, I just think that when it comes to career opportunity, um, ability to do things later in life, being able to hang out with people who have a, a drive and, and a curiosity and want to go and, and explore and experience things. Mm -hmm. It's a great gift to give your kids to make them, to, to give them pragmatic skills right mm -hmm. just problem solving and just simply how to make things and it might even sound kind of bland but just a basic familiarity with hand tools right yeah a basic familiarity with dealing with dirt and rocks and shovels and screwdrivers you know what i mean like just problem solving mm -hmm. it can be extended to all kinds of things like i've said this a bunch of times like if my daughter and i don't know what she's gonna do but if, if my daughter decided to move to Los Angeles and pursue a career in, in media and never step foot outside ever again, right? Some wild hypothetical. She would do that. She would do that informed by a set of experiences. Mm -hmm. It doesn't need to be that she continues to do them, but she would come, whatever she approaches in life, she'll approach with having had these kind of gritty, rugged, hands-on experiences mm -hmm. that, that teach a lot about what someone's capabilities are right mm -hmm. and a good familiarity with nature your environment mm -hmm. rural lifestyle right and it doesn't matter that it doesn't need to be that you then do that the rest of your life that'd be great if she did but if she doesn't it's like she's armed with a mentality yeah right a mentality mm -hmm. and, and, and an awareness and appreciation for a way that someone can live life mm -hmm. and armed with experiences that you can talk about Sure. Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah. And then you can join in on all sorts of different conversations. So it really does a lot for our kids to lay down this foundation for them. And this is a great book because some kids aren't going to get it naturally through their grandparents or parents. I think it used to happen that way. And so your book can help them to come up with some different ideas or to try some things maybe that they've always wanted to try and just didn't really know necessarily how to do it. Uh, but just talking about your path, that's interesting. Your dad didn't graduate from high school, but just always instilled in you to do the things that you loved and try and find a job that you loved. I mean, you are like a media mogul. I looked at your, I was looking at your podcast. You have like 41 
thousand reviews. I never seen anything like it. Oh, I didn't I didn't know that. That's good. <laughs> it does this like global ranking. So like, you know, you got like people that are in the top five percent, they're in the top one percent globally, like around the whole world. And yours was like point zero one percent in the entire world. I was like, I've never seen that in my life. So just absolutely unbelievable. It's really inspiring to see that you have been passionate about things and then been able to turn that passion into a whole lot of things. I would have never imagined where it would lead, but what's what occurs to me, what occurred to me some time ago, I guess, was, uh, and, and let me reframe that. I'll just tell you a quick story. I don't, I don't know how to, quite how to frame it up. When I, I was coming out of school, coming out of, I went to regular college and I went to graduate school to study writing. Mm -hmm. And I was coming out of graduate school in 2000, okay? And it was, you know, the internet was really taking hold and changing things. Mm -hmm. And before we started recording today, I made a comment to you about an audio book. Like, is it a book, right? Mm -hmm. And of course it is, but we just, I made a joke about like, what exactly is a book? So at that time, I had lived my whole life around just books. Like I wanted to communicate through magazines and books. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden here's this whole this whole riot of new ways to communicate. Hmm. And initially I was very threatened by it. I was threatened by it. Interesting. You know, I was, uh, if I could have made the internet go away, I would have just done it. Right. I would have been like, yeah, don't need this and made it go away. But over time, like I, I got involved in things that were new podcasting. You know, I like to do some stuff on social media making video content for digital platforms, right? Like I deal largely in digital media now, mm -hmm. but on one hand, one could look and be like, wow, what a, you know, with the, the internet and digital media, what a transformation, it changed everything. On the other hand, sometimes I look and I'd be like, but I have dealt with the same sort of collection of ideas mm -hmm. through it all. Meaning what I'm interested in, what I'm talking about hasn't in fact changed. It's like, I'm talking about a set of ideas and things that I'm interested in. And they've evolved over time as I've had experiences, like for instance, having raising kids had a huge impact on the work I do, mm -hmm. but yeah. I've just still been true to a, a concept. I've been true to a, an interest. And so I've learned to be somewhat agnostic about how I communicated. Yeah. The medium. Meaning if everything, if everything we're doing right now went away, but someone presented like, Hey, we're all that's going away, but here's this new set of ways in which we transmit information at this point. Now I'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, have to dig in and have to dig in and find out. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and see what it's all about. Wow. Yeah. So you would have been like, nah, I don't want the podcast. No, thanks. And then here you are. I mean, a top 73 podcasts in the entire, when I looked, it was the top 73 podcasts in the entire world. <laughs> what is that? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. But it is a really cool thing, though. The, the, the thought was to be a writer, and then you adapted. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting way to look at it, that this is all just different ways to share a message, to share what you're passionate about. And obviously, people are interested, and you're fantastic at it. And I loved looking at those rankings, because I'd really hardly ever seen anything like it. So. People definitely have to check out your podcast. It comes out every Monday and Wednesday, right? Yeah. So on Monday is our regular show, mm -hmm. which is a conversation. You know, yeah, we do news and current events, and we have everything from comedians to paleontologists on the show. So cool. 
Um, it's, it's pretty focused conversation. It's not free flowing. And then on Wednesdays, we do a trivia mm-hmm. show and, and that's a lot of fun. And so the trivia show is, is a shorter 10 question trivia contest. And, and the way we plug it is it's the only game show where conservation always wins because the winner gets to designate a conservation organization that will receive their winning, their winning pot of money. So. That's so cool. I love all that creative stuff. So this particular book, uh, Catch Crayfish, Count the Stars, it just came out recently. Uh, You split up into four sections, navigation and exploration, collecting and foraging, fishing, hunting and wildlife and garden and home. Just really covered it all, uh, which is really cool. I think that you could pick it up and a child could enter in, a family could enter in at any spot, whether you want to talk about doing things at home or you want to talk about making a kick net and going to try and catch the crayfish, whatever is near you. Can we pick a section to talk about? Do you have a one that stands out? Uh or do you want me to pick? You you tell me. You tell me which one which one grabbed you. You know, the sections it's funny because the sections kind of came at a later process in the outlining. It was just it was Oh. Yeah. It was, you know, I would just write down everything. And then later, in order to apply some discipline to it, we created the sections. It was just funny how, you know, however something comes mm-hmm. into its shape, like that was the, that was how the idea came into its shape. Yeah. And they fit into those four categories, yep, yep. which I like that because you could do things right in your backyard, right in your home, right in your garden, or you could go out and poop in the woods. Let's start there. How do you poop in the woods? <laughs> well, the one rule, well, there's a couple of rules. One of the primary rules is just to be discreet. And, and we cover like, if it's at all possible, <laughs> if it's at all possible, <laughs> If it's at all possible to go find a restroom, go find the restroom. That's not what I was expecting you to say. <laughs> but that doesn't work. Like you can say, like, if at all possible, go find the restroom. End of story. <laughs> well, that's not the end of the story because it's not always possible. And especially if you have kids, man, they'll like let you know. The, they don't tell you like, hey, in a while, you know, like in a little while. <laughs> I might need to go to the bathroom, dude. They'll sort of like for whatever reason, it's like it's just it's it's game on, you know. <laughs> so the two the the two things is get away from water sources, especially in places where mm-hmm. people are going to be camping, perhaps, and sourcing mm-hmm. water from streams. Um, we talk how to purify water and the importance of purifying water, but there's no sense in you know be clear of water. Um, be clear of water sources because you don't want to introduce those, you know, human waste borne pathogens in, into water. And two is, is uh, dig a hole and dig a deep hole and get it covered up so that you're not leaving it laying around. It's, it's, it's quite similar to the etiquette that would be um, employed by people out walking their dogs, inconsistently employed by people out walking their dogs. <laughs> that's the truth. So there's uh, a, <laughs> is there any way to get to your restroom? Cause that's really best. Uh, if not get away from the water, get away from the trails, get away, <laughs> be discreet, find <laughs> a place and dig a good hole Yeah, and, and do it. And then, Next time, maybe, you know, maybe next time you'll be able to do a little bit better job of planning ahead and, and avoid <laughs> the situation. But it's just an unavoidable situation. And I think that leaning into reality in some of these things is more important than leaning into wishful thinking. That's good. That's good. You got to have a plan. I liked this navigation part because I just read a book called The Cold Vanish, which was written by a Michigan guy. He lives in the Upper Peninsula, and it's all about these people that have completely vanished in national parks. Oh. It's like interesting and also just kind of freaky and 
bizarre. Like he talks about all these weird ones where they'll send out a search party of 500 people. And then a couple of days later, they'll find the person just a couple hundred yards away. So it's just bizarre and interesting. Well, I, re- I read about a new one of those the other day. And then in the article, there was a guy that just vanished, sent a text message from uh he was hiking up to a peak, sent a text message from the peak on foot. Go on. And then, and then it recapped, you know, like sometimes the article do, right? It recapped a couple other ongoing ones and it's just like vanished. And, and if you've ever looked for something, I mean, you know, someone can fall, you can fall down into a crack in the rocks and unless someone very specifically looks, you know. When the skies open up while others seek shelter, I embrace the rain. Heading to my favorite hike, the raindrops are like a soothing melody and my vessies ensure each step is dry and comfortable turning a simple outing into a rather delightful experience. Whenever my kids and I are stepping into a great outdoors adventure, I love wearing Vessi's Stormburst boots to capture the beauty of springtime landscapes. Their robust style is perfect for our nature excursions, adding a little dash of elegance to our outdoor explorations. This spring, transform how you view wet weather with Vessi. Their Dymatex technology makes their shoes not just waterproof, but a stylish barrier against rain and puddles. Whether it's a sudden downpour or a planned seaside walk, Vessi shoes ensure your feet stay dry and comfortable. Embrace the essence of spring with Vessi. From chic city walks to adventurous treks, find the perfect pair for your lifestyle at Vessi.com outside and enjoy an automatic 15% off your first order upon checkout. That's V-E-S-S-I dot com slash outside for 15% off your first order. Eating better is easy with Factors delicious ready to eat meals. Every fresh never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including calorie smart, protein plus and keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So get started today and get after your goals. Some of the things we love about Factor are their two-minute meals. You can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. Our kids love the pancakes, smoothies, and more. And there's a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, including midday bites. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And remember, to sign up and save, we've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash outside50 and use code outside50 to get 50% off. That's code outside50 at factormeals.com slash outside 50 to get 50% off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a little, is interesting. It's yeah, yeah. an interesting book, but this book gives a lot of good information about navigation, which I thought was a great one. Good for safety, good for situational awareness. So one of the things you talk about is how to even walk in a straight line through the woods. I didn't realize that our natural tendency would be to curve. Oh yeah. It's horrible. Yeah, people mm-hmm. people curve. So we talk about a couple things, and we we get into some in the book. There's some sophisticated stuff, like there's how to make a little compass at home. I love that one. And even if you hardly have anything, you're saying you can um, you can rub it on your rub it on your sock or your 
A mag- yeah, it's a magnet, a needle, a magnet, a needle, and a foam cup, right? Yeah. So, but again, you know, that helps. I think that that helps kids begin to understand the concept of magnetic north and of compasses in general. But mm-hmm. again, you're out, you know, what are the chances? Like, oh, thank God I have my magnet, my my needle, and my foam <laughs> my cup. Foam cup. <laughs> so that's, that's, that project is great because... There's, as we explained, there's magnetic poles and, and here's how they function. And we have cardinal directions, but things that are more easy to remember in real world is just, uh, yeah, how to pick a course. Mm-hmm. Meaning to walk in a straight line, what does that really mean? Right. And you look yeah. ahead and find an object and walk to that object. When you get to that object, you pick an object and walk to that object. Could be anything, could be trees, a hill, an antenna. You could throw something. That was an idea in there, right? Yeah, there was a there's a reference long ago to some uh, Native Americans on the Great Plains who, when traveling across this structure called the Llano Estacado, the Texas Panhandle, someone observed that they would get to a spot and shoot an arrow. Wow! And then walk in the line and get to that arrow and shoot the arrow again to to stay a straight straight course. But also things like that in in the mountains and mountainous areas, your best bet is to go downhill, Hmm. right? How do you know downhill water flows downhill? If you can, like your best bet, if you can find a moving water, well, first we cover one, right? Stay put, don't, you know, Yes. all all the rules, but then also these other things to consider that that teach you, that that instruct kids, like just some basic rules of how things function, meaning water flows downhill and Mm -hmm. creeks get to rivers, rivers get to highways, rivers get to towns, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, rivers get to campgrounds, things like that. Yeah. And then just understanding and then some celestial pieces of navigation mm-hmm. that, that there is a star. If you live in the Northern hemisphere, there is a star that does not move in the sky. Uh, it appears to be stationary. And that star is Polaris or the Northern star. Mm-hmm. All the other stars twist around that star. And when you're looking at that star, you're looking North. You can find it by the most recognizable celestial object which is the big dipper the big dipper points right to the one star that doesn't move so cool and when you see it you're looking north and even with the sun you could use the sun to use the shadows to figure out your directions it would give it just gives kids a lot of confidence that there is a lot of things in nature because you talk about nature also gives us a run for our money right sure you go outside you don't really know what it's going to be like but then there are also a lot of things in nature that are dependable that you can know that would give you confidence in different situations to make decisions for yourself, like the sun compass, working with the shadows, like the stars. And I think that's great for kids to know. Yeah. I think that in in talking to my kids and the sorts of things we explore, there's these kind of contradictory ideas that, or they might seem contradictory, but I think they're actually complementary. is there's a lot of chaos. Well, let, let me not use the word chaos. There's a lot of there's a lot of dynamism. There's a lot of dynamic features about nature. For instance, where we live, especially south of us, we had a very very wicked winter. Um, cold, a lot of snow, a lot of animals died last winter. Okay, almost like catastrophic losses of some animals due to winter kill. So we spent a lot of time talking about that. Like, what does that mean? What does that look like? How do they recuperate? Why did that happen? That might seem chaotic, but in explaining like why that happens, what will be the logical outcome now? And pointing out that the surviving animals, imagine like how much food is available to yeah. them now, how low stress will be to them now wow. from competition. And so in looking at the natural world, you take something that might risk being chaotic, but be like, it's dynamic, but it, it also makes sense. 
Mm-hmm. And there's like a continuity to it that nature has a way of rejuvenating, you know, and things die, but things are born. And so you're, you're able to look at all this stuff that's going on around and draw pretty valuable lessons about the, the way that our world is governed in a way that nature has, I mean, for lack of a better word, like the, na- the way that nature has solved some of its own problems, you know, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. I think it makes it more welcoming i i hope and and that that's been my finding because one of the things that i've had good luck in is as a parent i'm not i'm not a parenting expert but one of the things i've had good luck in is getting my kids to have like a pretty personal relationship with nature yeah it's so important and really that you learn and this is one of the things you talk about in outdoor kids in the inside world that you learn that i don't think really anything is a loss you, you know, we went up, we took our kids up to Lake. I don't, have you ever been up to Lake of the Clouds? No. In the Upper Peninsula? So anyway, it's just a cool national park, or not a national park, it's a state park up there, Lake of the Clouds. And we went and you, and you walk up and it's supposed to be this like huge overlook and you see all these, the river goes through. Anyway, one of these like quintessential spots in the Upper Peninsula. And I mean, it was just completely fogged over. Oh. <laughs> I mean, they just walk out, it's just white. You know, you can see nothing. And it, what, is, what are you going to do? You know, these yeah. things are the, that's really what you remember. Yeah, you got to be like, trust me, trust me, it's a big lake. <laughs> yeah, right. That's just white fog. So that kind of stuff. And, and you learn to roll with the punches. And that's one of the big things that I got out of Outdoor Kids and Inside World. And we've experienced it that, it you know, things don't go perfectly but they're still good no they're still exciting and there's still stories and there's still things that bond you together and so this book is leading kids and families to try some different things maybe that they hadn't tried before one of the things that we've never done is shed hunting oh yeah i'm like that sounds real fun oh my daughter yeah my daughter uh she kind of there's people i've found there's two kinds of people in this world there's people with a real good eye for shed antlers Mm -hmm. mm-hmm people who don't have a great eye for shed antlers. And I would, I would almost, I'd probably put myself in the not a great eye for shed antlers. Cause uh, I feel like I'm looking for them, but my God, is my daughter find them. And um, you know, of course, like all the deer, so all the cervids, all the members of the deer family shed their antlers annually. So mm-hmm. that used to be a very hard concept for my kids to get is that, that when they, uh, a buck that that's brand new, unbelievable. Like every year those things fall off and they grow. And so, to go out and find them um we like we like to go out and look for them and find them and, and uh and th- you know they turn up here and there but you can be by observing you know by knowing when they drop when the d- specific species of animal drops its antlers and observing where it likes to spend its time when that season changes you can go in and look for those little things and we have a tree in our yard that we hang them all from oh, that's so cool yeah now and then my kids will need to go gift one to a teacher or whatever and we'll have a <laughs> Yeah, we'll have a big argument about which antler can be given away, and then they get in an argument about who found what one, and it's kind of funny. So. <laughs> well, I would put myself in the latter category as well, because I've never found one, and I didn't know it had a name, and I didn't know that sometimes you can sell them. So for a kid yeah. that's motivated by money, that would be a really enticing thing to get outside. So even from that one topic, there was a lot of things that I learned from the book beyond the activities like the fact that a, a bull moose can grow a set of antlers in a hundred days that's six feet yeah and what are the difference between horns and antlers i mean these are the type of things that uh, maybe you just wouldn't know how how do you know the difference between horned animals and i and then you what was the word you just used there with the c cervids cervids no cervid that's like members of the family so that'd be yeah those are the ones that shed 
White-tailed deer, mule deer, moose, caribou, okay. rabbits, yep. Yeah, those are the ones that shed their antlers. Did yep. I say that right? Yeah, they shed. Yeah, super interesting. And then you can find beetles that will eat off all yep. of the flesh. That will clean the skull. Yeah. You can find <laughs> them. You can find them, literally find them. And there's places that have beetle cleaning, that offer beetle cleaning services. <laughs> like businesses. Dude, I guarantee anyone listening to your show, if you went in, if you typed in beetle cleaning, mm -hmm. skull cleaning near me, Anyone listening to your show is within a was within a thirty to sixty minute drive from a beetle cleaning place where you. Can <laughs> no way! First cut skull cleaning. I'm googling it as soon as we get off. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, dude. Where you can get, where you can find a, you can find a, uh, you can find a, a skull. Use it alongside the road and get it cleaned and bleached and have it as a little home thing skull cleaning. i got some you know this is well this one i found just clean we just found this out in the woods right that's all just like that it's old yeah well, i've been out there it's an old coyote skull i have no idea where that came how, how that came to be here's one we found this is a pronghorn antelope you can see that's how decayed it is but wow now it's you know once you bring it into a stable environment you can have it sit there for eons you know my kids love that stuff man mm-hmm Oh, it's cool. It's cool just to be able to find things. It's like hide and seek throughout your whole life. So it's awesome that even for adults, I think that'd be super fun to come across some antlers. You said if you find one, you probably can find the other one because they have two. So yeah, get yourself a matching set, a matching set, they call it. Mm -hmm. There you go. Give one and keep one. Steven, this awesome book. I so appreciate your time. Uh, really love what you're doing for families normalizing even the marital struggles you brought yeah. up here you brought it up in your other book oh yeah man i think it's good we got to talk about it it's hard we have come from different childhoods different opinions on what's safe and not safe and clean and not clean and what clothes are we going to bring and not bring and it's just great just making it accessible for families to get outside and to make memories so love the book catch crayfish count the stars it's gorgeous and tons of ideas so thanks for being here thank you very much i look forward to talking to you again Real truth alert, pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were, but the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom and Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health.